It's the final hour of IST on a Friday night. Brendan King in for the coach, Bob Lovell. It's been a great one so far. Jonathan Smith on the ones and twos. Sam Fritz with the scoreboard updates. And speaking of Sam, five good minutes with him right now. This Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update is brought to you by Hills of Brown Vacation Rentals. Get away to beautiful Brown County with a cabin stay at browncountylawcabins.com. Over 100 secluded cabins, many with hot tubs and game rooms. browncountylawcabins.com. You just heard Brendan King and Pat Boylan wrap up talk about the Indiana Pacers and their win over the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Again, the Pacers 121-117. to over the Thunder, many of the Pacers' starters, or usual starters, are out, that including Miles Turner, which meant Jalen Smith was going to get a lot of playing time. Smith capitalized on the extra minutes and pulled off a double-double, 12 points, 15 rebounds. Here's him earning not only a rebound, but a couple of points himself. Back to the top, he and McConnell play catch, and now Jalen Smith right of the lane with three to shoot into the lane, left hand short, got his hands on the rebound, kept it alive, and finished. Jalen Smith just absolutely willing his way to a putback there. The Pacers were dominant throughout the first two quarters, outscoring the Thunder, but they would fall behind in the game after the third as they had a less than stellar performance, being outscored by eight points. That was all well and good as T.J. McConnell was having a great night and decided to help the team claw back. Here's him hitting a three-point shot to bring the team within one in the fourth quarter. First possession for them here in the fourth and a three out of the near corner. They still can't buy one. This time it's Wiggins missing. They're two for 22 from three-point range. They lead by four, though, as McConnell launches a three and connects. Thunder defender elects to go under that pick and roll, daring T.J. McConnell to take that shot. He makes him pay. And then Pacers rookie, a real standout, Benedict Matherin, had a great night for himself as well, scoring 15 points. He also would be the guy to put the Pacers back on top as the fourth quarter went to the closing minutes. Set into the forecourt to the foul line. Heel dribbles once, goes far side Matherin. Matherin attacks, getting to the goal from the left side and laying it in with a right hand. Pacers will be in action again on Sunday against the Cleveland Cavaliers, tipping off in Cleveland at 8 p.m. Elsewhere around the league, the Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Toronto Raptors 117-110. to Joel Embiid having a stellar night tonight, putting up a double-double, 25 points, 12 rebounds. James Harden not to be outdone with 23 points and 11 assists. The Chicago Bulls defeat the Charlotte Hornets 121-91. to the Orlando Magic beat the Washington Wizards 116-109. The Boston Celtics defeated the Utah Jazz 122-114. The New York Knicks upset the Cavaliers in Cleveland 130-116. Brooklyn Nets defeat the Atlanta Hawks 124-107. The Houston Rockets are up over the Detroit Pistons 121-115. Memphis Grizzlies defeat the Clippers 108-94. The Lakers defeat the Timberwolves, 123-111. These games still in action. The Sacramento Kings are up over the tra- Portland Trailblazers in the second quarter, 61-53. The San Antonio Spurs currently trail the Golden State Warriors in California, 52-46. A minute remaining in their second quarter. And the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns still in the first. Minute 40 left to play. The Suns currently up over the Nuggets, 28 28- to 17 in Major League Baseball. Let me get the score to come up for me real quick. In Major League Baseball, the Chicago White Sox finally have fallen to the Houston Astros 6-3. 
falling behind as the Astros outscored the Sox in the 6th, 7th, and 8th innings, despite the fact that Chicago outhit Houston 11-7. The Colorado Rockies are still in action. Top of the 6th, they've extended their lead to 4-0 over the San Diego Padres. The Cleveland Guardians are in the bottom of the 3rd, up over the Seattle Mariners 3-1. They've taken the lead back. And the Los Angeles Dodgers and Arizona Diamondbacks still scoreless at the end of the third, 0-2-0. You've got me for another hour. For Never Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. It's Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Brendan King in for the Hall of Famer, Coach Bob Lovell. Coach will be back with you on this program soon. For now, last hour on a Friday, it is opening weekend in Major League Baseball. Opening day today for the Indianapolis Indians. But tomorrow at 7 o'clock, opening day for the Indy 11 as the 11 take on the Las Vegas Lights FC. That will be a 7 o'clock kickoff in Indianapolis tomorrow, and the guy that will call it joins us now. Familiar voice on this show. It's Greg Rakestraw taking some time. Rake, appreciate the time. Thanks for staying up late, and I'm sure everybody with the Indy 11 ready to kick off for 2023. Correct, and and we've been we've been going on the road the first two or three weeks of the years. We've played twice. We've got a match in hand over most everybody else in the Eastern Conference. In fact, Tulsa played tonight. They've played five times already. We played just twice, but the good news is is that picked up pl- points against a pair of playoff teams on the road from last year, a 1-1 draw against the Tampa Bay Rowdies, who were always tough. That was three weeks ago. Had the bye two weeks ago, then last week in, frankly, miserable conditions in Detroit, found a way to get a one nothing victory over Trevor James's squad. So coming home for the home opener tomorrow night with four points already in hand, and now year two of Mark Lowry running the show here in Indianapolis, there, there are high expectations for this team. They went out and really they retooled the roster last summer, uh, added several more key pieces in this offseason, and hopefully home fans are in for a treat 17 times this regular season starting tomorrow night. Well, Rick, you bring up what they did in the offseason. What differs most on the roster just from the standalone talent from last year to this year? Well, you know, it, it's, it's like going out and getting the USL Championship All-Stars. Uh, hmm. and, and let's start with the local product, and Cam Lindley. Cam played for us in 2020. Cam is from Garing Catholic High School. Cam played high school soccer because he's busy playing academy-level soccer. He didn't play high school basketball. So we, we last week it was, you know, Garing Catholic playing for a 3A state championship. Well, the last time they played for that eight years ago, he was a starting point guard. Now he's a point guard on the soccer pitch. He was second-team all-conference last year. Second-team all-league, I should say, playing for uh, Colorado Springs. Uh, he's a big addition. Jack Blake has, has been in our league for the last six or seven years, native of England, played in San Diego the last couple of years. Sebastian Gwenzada, he first played against the Indy 11 in 2014 with the New York Cosmos. Uh, Sebastian had 19 goals in 2019, 21 goals in 2021. Uh, he is the new uh, attacking forward for the Indy 11. He even made a couple of roster additions really at the end of training camp just a couple of weeks ago to bring in a couple of starters Defensive like Adrian Dispay, first Cuban player to play for the Indy 11, and Douglas Martinez, who was acquired a couple of weeks ago and then got the start 
uh, last Saturday in Detroit. So uh, roster movement should be done, uh, but 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 it's really a team that if you look from the beginning of last year to this one, has almost flipped completely. In fact, there is not a player that has more than two years of experience with the Indy 11. It has largely been a complete roster turnover under Mark Lowry. Right, couple minutes here. I, you know, you've called Indy 11 for quite a while now. You've gotten to see league-wide all the talent that is on display. How does the depth of talent in the league continue to grow as time goes on here? Because it seems like it's only getting better. Well, it's twofold. One, just there's more and more American soccer players that get produced every year. Um, and and if you go back to the early days of Major League Soccer, you know, it was largely filled with college players. Well, now the level of talent in terms of those that want to come play in this country from overseas, those that go the academy route in terms of playing professional soccer, um, it's even tough for the college guys to come in and play immediately in our league, let alone in Major League Soccer. And if you look at our squad, it is mostly guys that kind of vary from, say, the age of 25, 26 to 33, 34. You know, it is a veteran professional league. This team also has players from 15 different countries or 15 different nationalities are represented. Now, some of those guys have green cards or are dual citizens. For example, I reference Sebastian Guanzati. He is both Uruguayan and American. Jack Blake is English, but he's had a U.S. green card. He's played here for the last five or six years. So there's simply more talent that gets produced by this country and more talent from all across the world that want to come play in this country, which is why this league continues to improve on a year-by-year basis. Greg Rakestraw, he's the voice of the Indy 11, but you also hear him, obviously, on the IHSAA Champions Radio Network and Television Network last week from Great Gamebridge Fieldhouse as well as the ISC Sports Network. Greg, can you hang on through this scoreboard update? Certainly. Greg Rakestraw and I will come back. We'll talk about what we saw last weekend from Gamebridge Fieldhouse in the IHSAA State Championship Games. What a day that was in downtown Indy, and maybe a little bit on the Indianapolis Colts and what continues to happen for the Colts as they make their way to the 2023 NFL Draft. That is coming up because tomorrow, April Fool's Day, will be here before you know it. Brendan King in for the coach, Bob Lovell, back with Greg Rakestraw next. This Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update is brought to you by Hills of Brown Vacation Rentals. Check out great weekday specials on secluded stays in the woods of Brown County. Over 100 secluded cabins. BrownCountyLawCabins.com. BrownCountyLawCabins.com. All right, as we're getting into the final hour of Indiana Sports Talk, once again, the Chicago White Sox fall to the Houston Astros 6-3. They had the lead going into the sixth inning up 3-0, but the bats went cold as the Astros managed to score in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings, extending their lead to 6-3 over the White Sox. That's a four-game series. They'll play again tomorrow at 2 p.m. in Houston. Games around Major League Baseball still ongoing. The Rockies are up over the Padres, 4-0 in the top of the 7th. The Guardians and Mariners are now in a deadlock tie in the top of the 4th. The Mariners get back into this game, tying it up 3-3. The Arizona Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Dodgers in the bottom of the 4th still 
Not a single run on the board between both of them. Tomorrow, some teams, people around the state of Indiana might be excited to see in baseball action. The White Sox, like I said, against the Astros at 2.10. The St. Louis Cardinals will be at home against the Toronto Blue Jays at 2.15. Chicago Cubs taking on the Milwaukee Brewers at home at Wrigley Field at 2.20. And the Cincinnati Reds will be looking to redeem themselves after losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates as they're going to be at the Grace American Ballpark 4.10 p.m. tomorrow. Games still ongoing in the NHL. Calgary Flames are still trailing to the Vancouver Canucks, that, but both teams have added a goal onto their score since the last time we reported. It's now 2-1 in favor of Vancouver with 12 minutes remaining in the second period. More to come at 11.30. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. Continue on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. My name is Brendan King, and for the coach Bob Lovell, hanging with you till midnight here on Network Indiana. Rejoining us, Greg Rakestraw, after chatting about the Indy 11. 11 make their home debut tomorrow against Las Vegas. Rake, I want to talk about last week, though, and pretty cool story I saw on Twitter a couple days back. This is the value of the kind of product that is put on at Gamebridge Fieldhouse and the type of day it was. I think everybody most people high school sports fans heard the story of you know Tom Izzo and John Calipari and Mike Lewis and Jawan Howard and all these big time college coaches are sitting courtside not too far from you watching that 4A state championship game Kokomo and Ben Davis and then Zane Dowdy from Ben Davis tweeting a couple days back that he gets an offer from Ball State and he had a great conversation with Mike Lewis I mean those are the little things that follow great events like that that just put a smile on your face Sure, and, and let's point out that Zane had committed to Valparaiso. There was a coaching change at Valparaiso. So Zane was one of a couple of, of likely Indiana All-Stars and notable local players this week that have asked to change their recruitment or be let out of their letter of intent. That would be in Logan Imes, and that's understandable. He's going to go to Penn State when Micah Shrewsbury was there. Now Mike is in South Bend, so maybe Logan's following him or, or going someplace else. But uh, Zane picked a good night to have a good night, giving all of the college (laughs) coaching talent that was in attendance. Now, for as big of a fan as I am of Zane, is he a Big Ten-level player? I I don't know about that. Maybe maybe he will be at some point in time down the road. Not that there is so much more mobility in terms of being able to change what school and what level of college basketball you play at. But for all the years that I have been covering that event, uh, that was – that was by far the biggest roster of coaches I had seen in that building for a championship game. And obviously it is the, the perfect storm of having Florida Badunga playing in the championship game, who is a junior. Because so many of the players that are key players, you know, that are seniors are committed, like the four starters for Ben Davis, like a Joey Hart from Linton Stockton that's going to be playing at the University of Central Florida, even the two uh, key seniors for Northwood are going to play at the NAI level in terms of Cade Brenner and, uh, and, and Ian Rosh. They're going to play at, at Huntington and Grace College, respectively. By the time it, it, there's maybe maybe a few more guys that are open because of the way recruiting is done differently now. For the most part, the seniors kind of know by the end of March where they're going to be going. But because you've got a junior that's one of the nation's most prized recruits mm. in Florida being in that game, that meant there were a lot of guys with pretty impressive resumes that were uh, – sitting courtside next to me last Saturday night. 
it really was a who's who. I was sitting behind the basket getting ready to watch the first quarter because I had to come over here to do updates. But John Calipari walks in with one of his assistants, and he sits in the row initially behind me because he didn't know where to go. That's how crazy of an environment it was. Then Chris Kaufman brought him over and said, no, no, no. You, you come sit courtside. So even Calipari, that's how crazy of an environment it was. And now that, Rake, you've had kind of a week to reflect on it. You, you've done a lot of these, and I'm sure of years past, it's been a great time, whether that's Banker's Life or Gamebridge Fieldhouse. But how did last week stack up to years past for you and how many people truly were in that building for 3A2? Because that was pretty crazy. Sure. Well, well for the night session alone, you know, you had three tremendous fan bases. Uh, you know, Ben Davis being the second largest school in the state, and given the run they have been on, their crowds have been phenomenal all year. You know, when you're playing for history like that at 33-0 and 0, and you are so close to the building, you are not going to be hurting for fans. Northwood um, turned out in droves for the Hall of Fame Classic. This group had been building for this moment for the last two or three years, so I'm not surprised that all of Wakarusa – and all of Napanee were at Gamebridge Fieldhouse last week. And Kokomo has been setting attendance records, basically. Uh, I, I am very curious if Kokomo and some of their opponents next year may elect to go kind of the Damon Bailey route from 30-plus years ago, and, and let me explain. So Damon Bailey played very few true road games, so to speak, as a senior, because most of the places they would go play – would go find someplace bigger to go play their game because they could get more butts in seats and, and, and get a bigger crowd. And while, you know, Kokomo playing in the North Central Conference, nobody's really playing in a bandbox in the North Central Conference. I think the smallest gym in that league might be Harrison at about 3,000. Um, you may see some schools and say, hey, if I can find someplace that fits six or seven close by that's off on a given Friday night, we could be going there because there is that big of an appetite by basketball fans in general, but by this reawakened Kokomo fan base, which is one of the best historically in the history of Indiana. So, you know, by the time we get done with next year, if you extrapolate, say, Kokomo playing 30-ish games next year, which I think is likely, you know, I I think most nights they're going to play in front of five, six, 7,000 people, if not more. You're going to be well into over 100,000 people that will watch Floyd Badunga play a basketball game next year. Greg Rakestraw is our guest here on Indiana Sports Talk. Greg, before we send you on your way, got to get a cold sound bite just because the NFL draft, it's coming up quick. It's creeping in. It's less than a month away. Number one, does any of the Lamar Jackson stuff entice you? And if not, number two, based on reports this week from the GM and coaches and owners meetings, it, it sounds like Jim Irsay wants a young quarterback. You know, it could be Jim playing poker, to be, to, to be, right. to be blunt, and, yeah. and, and not trying to tip his hand. Um, I think in a perfect scenario, the Colts get the guy they want now because obviously they have played the rotating free agent quarterback for the last four years, and you know that's kind of been the hand that's been dealt to them. And I understood the logic in every move they made, but it's not gotten to the point where you have the fourth pick in the draft. And when you have the fourth pick in the draft and you're not there very often, you need to find your quarterback. And I do think that guy can be there at three or four with this team. So if, if, if the Colts had their druthers, 
yes, you're drafting a young quarterback. Does that maybe necessitate you got to move up to three to get the guy you really want? Because one and two are going to be off the board at this point between Carolina and Houston. Houston, of course, being a division rival, will not trade with the Indianapolis Colts. It's just kind of the way business is done. So I, I don't rule out Lamar Jackson. Case the Colts, let's say of that top four, there's a guy they really don't like. They don't think they can get to three. Somebody gets to three gets to Arizona before they and and the Colts are kind of you want to say stuck, but feel like they're not going to get the quarterback they want at four. That I think opens Lamar Jackson back up to them. Mm-hmm. But in, a, in in you know if they if they follow their draft boards and follow their plan, they're taking a quarterback in the first round. Greg Rakestraw with us. Rake, last, last thing. Has Dusty May officially overtaken JMV as the most famous person from Greene County? Yeah, it, it, it's close. Let's see if Dusty <laughs> has the staying power uh, that John has. Um, if, if you're an, of an older generation, okay, the most famous Greene Countyan would actually be Phil Harris. Okay. Look him up. Okay. Entertainer of, of great note from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, who happens to be from Linton, Indiana. Greene County is a big county. That's like 30 miles away, but that's the other, that's the western half of Greene County. So of his generation, JMB had been the, maybe the most famous Greene County, and Dusty may have supplanted him at this point. Phil Harris, born June 24th, 1904, Linton, Indiana, passed August 11th, 1995. Rancho Mirage, California. He got to the West Coast. Appreciate it, Ray. And, and during the break, study more Wikipedia because you won't know any of the titles or things he's been in. But believe me, like if you ask like your grandparents, they know who Phil Harris was. I love it. Thanks, Ray. Have fun tomorrow. You got it. Ray Rakestraw, the play-by-play voice of the Indy 11. He's on the call for the 11 tomorrow as they take on Las Vegas Lights FC. Phil Harris. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's going to be a phone call to the grandparents tomorrow, no doubt about it. I'm Brendan King in for Coach Bob Lovell with Sam Fritz and Jonathan Smith. Coming up next, Alexa Ross is going to be with us. Alexa from CBS 4 and Fox 59 in Indianapolis as the Final Four on the women's side continues to go. South Carolina and Iowa playing right now in an instant classic. Brendan King with you. We're back next on IST. This Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update is brought to you by Hills of Brown Vacation Rentals. Get away to beautiful Brown County with a cabin stay at browncountylawcabins.com. Over 100 secluded cabins, many with hot tubs and game rooms. browncountylawcabins.com. All right, you know, we've got some stuff to look forward to tomorrow for our IndyCar fans. The Indianapolis 500 is not as far away as it may seem. And the NTT NTT IndyCar Series is getting underway. Tomorrow, we'll have practices and qualifications for the PPG 375. Practice begins at 9 a.m. Qualifications will begin at 12.15 p.m. And then there will be a final practice at 2.30. Then on Sunday, you'll have the race getting underway at 12.10 p.m., 250 laps going 375 miles as IndyCar is getting into full force. Talking again about things coming up if you missed earlier, college baseball 
The Hoosiers got rained out today in Happy Valley, so they're going to be doing a doubleheader at Penn State tomorrow starting at 11 a.m. And then immediately following the conclusion of their first game, they will play Penn State again at 2 p.m. Purdue and Northwestern. Purdue is victorious over Northwestern today. They will play again at 2 p.m. tomorrow. And then we move on to Major League Baseball and some games that are still ongoing. The Cleveland Guardians are up over the Seattle Mariners. This is a back-and-forth contest. The Guardians now ahead by two. Top of the fourth, they lead 5-3. to three. Bottom of the fifth for the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. That game still scoreless. The Colorado Rockies still ahead of the San Diego Padres in the top of the eighth. We continue on a Friday night. It's Indiana Sports Talk, and I'm Brendan King. And for the coach, Bob Lovell, thanks to Greg Rakestraw, talking all about the Indy 11 and breaking down what we saw last week from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Right now on your television screen is an instant classic in the NCAA Women's Final Four. Iowa and South Carolina. Caitlin Clark's step back three, no good, but Iowa up 71-68. And joining us now from CBS 4 and Fox 59 in Indianapolis is the great Alexa Ross. I don't mean to interrupt your viewing of this ball game, but I'm glad we get to be on the air as it finishes. Talk about this one. I am going to absolutely be reacting in real time. So please forgive me right now. Just don't get us fined, please. No play-by-play. Absolutely. Never. I would never. I will say, though, (laughs) this game is, is the most hyped game that has been played all tournament long, men's or women's, and it deserves every single bit of the credit. It is as advertised and then some. It is so, so good. Caitlin Clark can really just pull up from anywhere without having to try, and it is unbelievable. Monica Sinano, who's their big, has really stepped it up. She now had dribbled, I think, five times total this entire tournament because of how good of a facilitator Caitlin Clark is for Iowa. Um, a big game for Zaya Cook, as per usual, as you might obviously know. But Raven Johnson, kind of an unsung hero for this Gamecocks team right now, she has now hit three massive threes to put South Carolina within a possession. And it has been super helpful, especially with Aaliyah Boston in foul trouble. With Aaliyah Boston, she is now back in the game with about two minutes left. It's a three-point game, Iowa on top. But I am so just in awe of how much passion is in this game, how aggressive it is. It is just, I have no words. I love women's basketball and this just, this is everything. And this is everything I could have ever hoped this would be. It's been a great game. And, you know, it's crazy that these are arguably the two best teams in the country. But earlier in the tournament, you think about everybody that has played in this tournament, you know, from the Big East, Maddie Segris was the nation's leading scorer. I got to do a game of hers earlier this year and Villanova put up quite a fight in the tournament, but just the depth of the players, I guess, on the women's side of this tournament, Alexa, is something. And then the graphic they just put up, South Carolina out-rebounding Iowa offensively 25-4, to but still down by three, is wild. That's the craziest stat I've seen tonight. Oh, beyond. And I think the thing, too, it just it goes – it speaks not just to this clear size advantage that South Carolina has. However, Aaliyah Boston is just such a good playmaker. And even if things are not falling for South Carolina, she is going to be there. And that's why she's been, like, such a highly touted prospect 
since she was a freshman in college. And so now with her entering availability for the WNBA draft, which she obviously cannot announce yet as she's still playing in the tournament, I am so excited to see her playing in a place that we all know and love. Alexa Ross is our guest from CBS 4 and Fox 59 in Indianapolis. You can continue live reacting to this game as you see fit, but I do want to ask you <laughs> I, I, I do want to ask you about Zach Eady getting named the AP Player of the Year and 57 of 58 votes going to Eady. One vote went to Trace Jackson Davis. Were you surprised it was that lopsided, or was that kind of almost a unanimous effect to Eady what you thought was going to happen? I think so. I think the ED effect is a real thing. And I think this season in particular, just his growth in his game and understanding how to use his body and stuff. I mean, I think that if we, if we looked at a game that Purdue played and Zach ED wasn't in it, you know, you, you're not on top for what 14 in the top in the top three of the, or top five, excuse me, for like what, 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. That's not how that, you know, that's not how that works. It's, he, he is a special, special player, and he's really honed in on his skills as an athlete, as a basketball player, and not just, you know, a tall man. Because every year he's just gotten that much better, and you can see the work that he puts in. And I think I, Trace had a phenomenal year, absolutely wonderful year. You'll hear no argument on that from me. However, I think everyone really understood that Zach Eady was – always the best player on the floor in any game he played. Well, could you imagine if he comes back next year? Because the crazy part of it is that he's likely going to drop to the second round and likely later and later as it goes. So the fact that he can even come back is madness that he can just do this all over again. I feel like we're just waiting in limbo right now (laughs) of understanding what this team is going to look like. And I'm obviously super excited because with the growth of the backcourt as well, you have a team that's just going to continue to get to be getting more talented and polished and mature. So to have Zach Eady to still, you know, create for is just, I'm, I'm so hopeful that we get to see that. Alexa Ross is our guest from CBS 4 and Fox 59 in Indianapolis. Hey, I want to ask you about this. Pose this question to Greg Rakestraw in the prior segment that is Lamar Jackson enticing enough to you that you would continue the quarterback shuffle if you're the Indianapolis Colts of the last five years? A shuffle, It's. I feel like that's better than the carousel, how I've described it. So thank you for... <laughs> Adding some What's the verbiage. difference? I, I don't. I don't think either is very good to be in. To be honest, no, with you. you don't want to be in either of them. One of them is just a little bit slower than the yeah. other. So <laughs> I feel like you, you don't want to be mixed up in all of the crazy. So we shall see. However, as, taking a look at the quarterback situation, I think if this class was even a little like one quarterback thinner, I think that Lamar Jackson is that much more of a of an idea of an asset listening to what was said at the owners' meetings and things like that, listening to what Mr. Ursay had to say about having a quarterback for 10 years and things like that. And, you know, that is something that I think it's a stability that has been lacking for so, so long that you're going to just want to hone in on that. And it absolutely makes sense as to why people are – looking at these these four guys especially with that top four pick Hmm. alexa ross with us hey before i let you go 
what are you doing with the Indianapolis Indians? You're their new like on-field MC. Uh, there's a rotation of MCs this season, okay. and I am I am uh, I am in the bullpen. So <laughs> actually, that's not true. We're we're all just a, a nice little starting rotation. So the, yeah, so they're playing narco for you. You're doing the Edwin Diaz intro when they call you in. A little bit, yeah. When I when I show up and and I get to I get to you know do something that I love, which is be around AAA ball and be in the ballpark, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. And if open if opening night was any indication of the fun that we're gonna have this summer, then you know we're in for we're in for a really good one, especially when the weather gets better. Hey, this interview has actually worked out because they've taken like 82 timeouts while we've been talking about. Uh, other stuff other than Iowa and uh, and South Carolina. How do you think this ends? I think this ends a lot closer than any of us would like, but if Iowa wins it, Iowa needs to win it all. They need to just absolutely dominate LSU. And I think that I think it's absolutely a possibility. And however, I do think it's also a great story to have South Carolina you know, go completely undefeated. A 38-no season would be unheard of. Hmm. Alexa Ross, I'll let you get back to probably marching around your apartment watching the end of this, but I appreciate you jumping on the show for a minute. Always happy to join you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Alexa Ross from CBS4 and Fox 59, our guest. It has been a crazy one. Iowa up on South Carolina, 73-69. First points for Iowa, by the way, in two full minutes. Caitlin Clark's got 37 points here in the NCAA Women's Final Four. So, this will conclude this evening in terms of sporting events happening. Carolina, by the way, just scored again. It's a two-point game. And then tomorrow, Final Four, 6 o'clock, FAU. Boy, what a story it has been for Dusty May's crew, the Green County native, Indiana Hoosier student manager under Bob Knight, now putting his own stamp of things on it. And San Diego State, like we talked about with Matt Schumacher a little earlier San Diego State, they're going to be looked at as a Cinderella-type team, but they're not. It's just because everybody and their brother picked Alabama and or Arizona to get out of that section of the bracket. San Diego State's got 30-plus wins for a reason. And remember, they were arguably the best team in the country when the NCAA tournament was canceled in 2020 for COVID. So San Diego State has put together this kind of run that they can make a national championship game, but they're going to be looked at as that upset team because of where they came from. Miami and UConn, boy, that's going to be a 12-round Holyfield versus Tyson-type fight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Brendan King in for the Coach Bob Lovell on IST. We'll come back next. Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update is brought to you by Hills O'Brown Vacation Rentals. Check out great weekday specials on secluded stays in the woods of Brown County. Over 100 secluded cabins. BrownCountyLogCabins.com BrownCountyLogCabins.com All right, final one from me. Let's see if I can get to every score involving an Indiana team. Starting with the Pacers, they were victorious tonight over the Oklahoma City Thunder. 121 to 117. With minor league baseball, the Indianapolis Indians started strong but fell behind to the Omaha Storm Chasers as they lose their home opener tonight, 8-6. In major league baseball, teams that Hoosiers may be interested in, the Chicago White Sox fall to the Houston Astros, 6-3 in their game in ECHL action. We had the Indy Fuel defeating the Wheeling Nailers, 3-1. 
and the uh, Fort Wayne Comets losing to the Kalamazoo Wings 4-3 in their game. College baseball, you had Purdue defeating Northwestern 8-4. Notre Dame fell to 13th-ranked North Carolina 10-8 in extra innings. And IU was rained out. They'll be taking on Penn State in a doubleheader match tomorrow beginning at 11 a.m. The NCAA Women's Final Four in the closing seconds. I have it on my screen right now. Ten seconds left. 75 to 73 in favor of Iowa. Well, are we going to call it in regulation or will there be overtime? Once again, first-ranked South Carolina undefeated trails by two to the Iowa Hawkeyes, 75-73. Currently, earlier in the day, LSU beat Virginia Tech to advance to the women's finals, 79-72. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. Ready to put a bow on things here on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King, hanging with you. Coach Bob Lovell will be back very soon. Thanks to all our guests tonight, by the way. John Herrick stopped by to begin the show. Matt Schumacher from Fox Sports. Taylor Tannebaum from the ACC Network. Pat Boylan, Howard Kelman, Andrew Smith, Greg Rakestraw, Alexa Ross, and Patrick Mooney. Tell you what, this, in a lot of people's minds, for the NCAA Women's Final Four, Iowa and South Carolina, you could say that these are the two best teams in the country. And for a lot of people, this might be considered kind of quote-unquote their national championship. But it has lived up just about to everything as expected. Iowa's up by four with eight seconds to go. Caitlin Clark just made a pair of monstrous free throws. South Carolina's now got the ball with eight seconds. they got to facilitate something. There was no four-point play, of course, unless you make a three and you get fouled. So they are hoping that as they put up a three and no good, it looks like Iowa is going to march on, penning an offensive rebound, and Iowa is going to get the ball back with two seconds. So the Hawkeyes looking to go to the national championship. They would meet meet up with LSU, a couple of blue bloods when it comes to the NCAA and the women's tournament too. And then what you got tomorrow with the Final Four, FAU and San Diego State, as mentioned, probably going to go down as the biggest upset type of Final Four game since Butler VCU. It's not to that type of level because of what Butler lost in 2011. Remember, Gordon Hayward was not on that second Final Four team. It was a whole lot of Ron Norrid. It was a whole lot of Andrew Smith. Um, you know, Kyle Marshall was on that team. Shelvin Mack was on that team. And then VCU, that was kind of the start of peak Shaka and everybody's introduction to the Havoc defense. And that was really Shaka and VCU saying, hey, we're on the scene and we're going to kick your butt. So nobody expected that, but kind of the, along the same wavelength, nobody expected FAU, nobody expected San Diego State. But the way that they have played in this tournament warrants them being in this game. You know, Butler again from that first national championship appearance, they earned everything, but they lost a ton of that on that roster. VCU, that was really their coming out type of party. San Diego State's been good for a long time. <laughs> Again, they practically were the best team in the country when that tournament was canceled during COVID. And in FAU, what Dusty May has done is taken some time, but they got the right guy. And somebody's going to pay Dusty May a lot of money at some point, whether it's after this year, whether it's after next year. The thing about Dusty May and the jobs that are open right now, remember, Texas already is closed. The Longhorn job never opened. 
There, there's really not a job out there where I could see Dusty May departing FAU after this year. Because the story for Dusty May could become that, yeah, you go to the Final Four this year. If you do it again, whose business are you in at that point? Brad Stevens. And look what happened to Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens went from a DePaul player, a Butler assistant under Todd Licklider, a Butler head coach, a Butler legend, a Boston Celtics head coach, a Boston Celtics president of basketball operations, and now an Indiana Basketball Hall of Famer. You know, Dusty May is not doing this in the state, but if he keeps up this, the fact that he's a Bob Knight disciple, the fact that he is from Greene County, the fact that he still goes on the radio, he was on with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan before the tournament and now during the tournament, and now during the Final Four. Dusty May has the opportunity to paint something for himself that really only one guy has, being a young stud coach, and then you can build your own future. Brad Stevens. Dusty May's young. He's personable. He looks pretty funny in a good way. Not not a Joe Pesci, I look what's funny about me way. Not, not a good fellow's way. He's personable and he's connectable. And look, if he goes back to FAU next year and he does the same thing and then he pushes all of his chips in and let's say a blue blood opens next year, Dusty May is going to make a lot of money. Brendan King on Indiana Sports Talk. We'll come back one final segment after this. One final time, Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King, sitting in for the coach, Bob Lovell. want to thank Sam Fritz and Jonathan Smith. Jonathan, one thing that Pat Boyle and I were talking about, and you and I were talking about it before the show, of what the Pacers, there's going to be a lot of fans out there probably that are not too happy that the Pacers won tonight. But in the grand scheme of things, the young guys that started, the starting five were no Halliburton, no Turner. I think that's that can move the needle for a young guy winning a game like that against a team that was actually playing for something in OKC. What do you think? Oh, yeah, totally agree. Anytime, I think for any team, whether it's young guys or not, anytime you go out there without two of your better players and you're able to generate, you know, I think the final, they, put, they put up like 120, didn't they? They, yeah. they? they scored a lot of points. They defended well enough. Anytime you go get a win without two of your better players, that's, that's always big for your confidence. Jonathan Smith, appreciate you on the ones and twos, man. Great job. Thanks. <laughs> you got, no, you got it, my man. Hey, for, tell you what, anytime that somebody is a first-time producer of the show, this is the most complex radio show, but easy radio show in history. We get to hang out from 9 to midnight talking about sports. But as you know, through the years, Coach Bob Lovell will tell you, the hard outs on this program, you got to make times. And that eventually that falls on the producer. So Jonathan Smith, a great job, my friend. Sam Fritz, you still there? I sure am. Fritz, what was the biggest thing you took away from any of the stuff you covered tonight? Uh, You know, I think kind of keeping along the Pacers train, you know, 
I kind of view the win tonight as, sure, record-wise, you don't want it because you want to try and get a really nice draft pick. But, I mean, just look at all the pieces that we have and look at how we're set up for this next draft. What does one win really hurt us at this point in the season? This was just a nice win to see a lot of young players on a young team do really well, and it gives me a lot of hope for next season. Well, I'll tell you what, boys. Great job. Be safe tonight. There is still weather passing through the state. I'm sure on your local network, Indiana affiliate, where you are listening to us right now, after we go here in the next minute and a half, there's more than likely going to be a weather update on your station in the next 90 seconds of what you need to know about the severe weather passing through the Midwest. If you're listening locally in Indianapolis, there's surely to be a weather update, but depends on where you're listening around the state. Stay safe tonight. Don't drive. Stay in. Pack it in. Watch some TV and you'll be good to go and let this thing pass over. But it is one of those nights in the Midwest where things get a little ugly out there. So if you're driving, please drive safe. Keep the wipers on. Make sure your lights are on and get home safe. And we'll see you back here for Indiana Sports Talk tomorrow night. My name is Brendan King. Thanks to Jonathan Smith and Sam Fritz, all of our great guests here this evening on a Friday on IST. And just to say this a little selfishly, thank you for listening. This is my final weekend here in downtown Indianapolis for the offseason, that is, before things kick off with the South Bend Cubs here on Thursday. We open the campaign on April 7th against the Quad Cities River Bandits. That's in Davenport, Iowa. So I will be calling Coach Lovell from the state of Iowa here next Friday and Saturday, but looking forward to talking to you guys tomorrow night as well. It means a lot being on this show, and I'm wrapping up. This is pretty crazy to say. Offseason number five on this program. It is starting to fly by in a big way. Brendan King, Sam Fritz, Jonathan Smith, thanks for being with us on the legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.